Welcome, everybody. You can take a seat. Awesome. Well, I've got an exciting thing I've been asking God about what to share tonight. And um, we've got a few slides are going to pop up. But, you know, um, being a fresh year, the start of a new year, 2019, I was thinking, what does 2019 mean? Like, even in the Bible, you know, what does 19 mean? What does 9 mean? Because they're all numbers that are part of this year that we're in now, hey? And, you know, even when you look in the Hebrew calendar, because it's a bit different to ours, Hebrew calendar started on September 11 last year, and it clicked into the year 5779. So it's interesting. There's nine in the back of there as well, also in the back of our year nine. So nine's a pretty significant number. And so I thought I'd take a bit of a look biblically at what nine means in the Bible and how it can might apply to our lives this year. Um, I don't claim to be a prophet or anything like that. Or I just, um, I'm not a real researcher, so this is unusual for me to look into something like that too because I'm just normally, oh, yeah, she's right. We just go with... Um, off the cuff and whatever, but no, I believe that God's got something significant for all of us this year. Who believes that? Is it good? It's got something. We're not just an accident or random, hey. We've got something. So if we could pop that first slide up. Thanks, CJ. It'd be great. So 2019, prophetic insights. Just back to that first one for a minute, the title there. So yeah, I saw a tree. That's going to become significant later in the message. So just keep that in mind about that tree. Because um, it's mentioned a bit in the Bible. All right, thanks, CJ. Next slide. So in ancient times, um, a bit of research showed that 19 meant surrender. So I found a picture there of I surrender, all guys surrendering. And um, I guess tying in with a bit about Pastor James is speaking about this morning, true disciples, and I believe true disciples are ones who are willing to surrender. And that's um, not easy to do sometimes, is it? Because we like... The Bible talks about us being a living sacrifice and we lay on the altar sometimes and then we crawl off, I think, sometimes, don't we? Because we're living. It gets a bit painful. But surrendering to God it sometimes is a bit painful and we have to do things maybe we don't want to go or do. But, you know, often success is on the other side of inconvenience. You know, it's not always convenient uh, in life, but Jesus might be just presenting an opportunity each day and say, come and do this. There's something I have for you to do. And it's staying, uh, tuning in, listening. Eh? Because there's so many things in life that might distract us. So surrender is our first key there. The next slide shows um, about the Lord's Prayer. Now in, this, in the Lord's Prayer, it talks about your will be done. When we're praying that, we're actually, that's a prayer of surrender because we're saying, God, let your will be done, not my will. Because God has a will that wants to be done on this earth, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's got a plan and purpose he wants to achieve through us. And we can thwart it and say, no, nah, no, nah, I'll do my own thing and put that crown back on our own head. Or we can say, hang on a minute, let's just put the crown back on Jesus' head. Let's do it his way. Because his way is often a lot better, isn't it, than our way. Uh, we've all had things we've had to learn the hard way growing up. And um, sometimes we get a bit stubborn, hey? So another word for surrender, I guess, is yielding. 2 Chronicles 30 verse 8 says, Yield yourselves to the Lord. A true disciple echoes Jesus, not my will but yours be done. So yielding, again, it's just giving ourselves and saying, God, if you want me, you know, to go and help this person, then Lord, just show me, I'll go and do it and not hesitate. And we've all hesitated. I know times God's shown you something, you're like, oh, that's too hard, it's too scary and... Um, you know, once it was a noose, I remember a 
got a word one day and you, you feel like you're shaking like you're meant to go and say it, but it's hard sometimes to stand up and have that courage, isn't it, to step out. But um, today it was actually a fella in a wheelchair and I asked him, I knew a bit of background on him, I hadn't met him before, but it was part of a work thing I had to do. But I talked to him for an, a little bit, but I said to him, can I pray for you? And um, just laid hands on his eyes. He had a bit of vision missing in right eye and the right side of both eyes. But I, I didn't see anything happen straight away. I felt God's presence there. And I said to him, next time I see you, I'm going to ask you if anything's improved there and changed. But I think it's just sometimes I feel like, oh, I've got to step out, capture each moment. And I don't always do it all right and we won't always get it right. But it's that heart that says, okay, let's keep trying. Let's keep going with God's will. Let's lay our own will down and our own things down. All right, the next slide. Tribe of Naphtali. How does this tie in, you might wonder? Well, I'm a bit random. I'm all over the place. But I looked up in the Bible, right? Tribe of Naphtali means my struggle, my strife. It's not a very nice name, is it? Like I know when I looked up my name, it meant joyful, peace, victorious heart. And I thought, that's cool. That's a bit better. It's a bit better than that for life. I looked up Joey's name yesterday. It was God's grace. That's a good one too. Actually, when I met Joey, I thought she was crazy, all right? Because we were at Noosa at the church and we had a conference there called Aussie Assault and mate, we had Steve Penny and Brian Houston come and spoke at him. But it was, there was something happening. It was genuine God. He was setting people on fire. But the particular day he set Joey on fire, she started running right around the church building inside doing laps and circles. The thing is, I thought, well, she must have leadership on her life because the whole conga line started following her. <laughs> and before, half the church was running around in a big circle. But God was doing something and it was a bit crazy, but that was sort of my introduction to, this is Joey? And then, you know, you think, how do you end up meeting someone like that? Well, the thing is that when we clicked was on a mission trip. We went out west um, on a mission trip to Dolby, I think it was, somewhere like that. And um, we just realised where we had the similar hearts and going in the same direction. But it's good when God puts people together, right, eh, to go share the journey of life and a path. So I believe all of us here, we're not here by accident. We're all sharing a journey and a path together. At this moment in time, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? So it's good. I might just grab my water bottle. My mouth's getting a bit dry. I'm talking too much. That's the idea, Joey said, when I'm preaching. So Naphtali, getting back to Naphtali, a diversion about Joey's story. Naphtali writes one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So there's lots of them, hey? But these guys, they were actually called my struggle, my strife, but they were given 19 cities in the promised land. That's what got my attention in the Bible. We're looking at 19 and significance as the inheritance. Some of those were including Capernaum, Bethsaida, Gennesaret, where Jesus spent a fair bit of time ministering. My point is this, I guess, that having a name like My Struggle and My Strife, they come into the promised land and their tribe might have been, because of their name, in a bit of a mess. But I believe what God was saying is that he wants to turn that mess into a message. And for all of us, he wants to take us where we were and what some people might have spoken negative things over our life. He wants to turn that around and turn it for something good and something strong. Because the enemy will try and um, 
pull down our identity and say, you can't do this, you can't do that. We have to start believing Jesus and say, we can do this. We can. We, let's believe the truth. So Naphtali, Jesus spent a lot of time ministering in those places where Naphtali settled in those cities. So the great blessing come out of Naphtali. Jesus ministered mightily in those places. Okay, this is an interesting one. Tips to deal with the current mess if you're in one. Naphtali was probably in a bit of a mess. Seems it's his name sort of said that. The next slide comes up and it's actually a picture. Now, can you see this is like a dash cam or something on someone's car? You're driving down the road. Now, you never know what's going to happen on roads, do you? Strange things happen on roads, hey? People are unpredictable. But I went to a driver training session. Who's ever been to one of them? Or who's ever had got a car and skidded a bit on a wet concrete or something like that? Yeah, a bit of fun. All right. Well, my work, um, my work let me take one of their Ford Falcons. It was a bit of a mistake, wasn't it? A bit of power. They let me take it on a driver training thing on a skiddy road and was skidding around. And the, um, the instructor said, look, when you're doing defensive driving, he said, often everyone, because he looks, he sees all the claims and everything over the years and he knows how people drive and patterns. He says, what happens? People get in a mess and he said, they look at that car in front of them that might have done something wrong. Say that car on the left there suddenly skids into the middle of the road and sort of blocking you and it's on its side or something. You like got not a lot of time to react. But he says, most people look at that problem there in the road and they look at it and they go, oh, no, no, I'm going to crash. And then they skid and they... And they hit the thing. He said, that's what happens with the majority of people. But he said, if you want to be a good defensive driver, this is what you do. And it caught my attention. I thought, cool, this is a tip to listen for. He said, if you're about to see something in the middle of the road that's going to make you stack, he says, you look to the left there, there's a gap. You look in the middle, there's a gap. You look to the right, there's a gap. There's spare gaps there, he said, in at least a few places. He said, this is what you do if a sticky situation develops straight in front of you. He said, the first thing you do is look for that gap. And I thought about it later and God was speaking to me and said, we need to fix our eyes on the answer, not the problem. So the problem is in the middle of the road is a crash. But you look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he's the answer. And the answer's lying onto the left or the middle or the right. It doesn't matter which one we choose because what happens, he said, when your eyes look to the answer, he said, your hands on the steering wheel actually follow your eyes. That's what he said happens. So if you're ever in a sticky situation, get your eyes looking to the gap and your hands will follow your eyes and you'll get through that gap and you won't have to hit and, and end up in a mess. So that was a good bit of revelation from a driving course. I didn't plan on it, but just, just sort of happened. But I did love driving and skidding around track and hitting a few cones, things like that. So the next one, we're looking at the number 19. It's a, a prime number. So when you look in the dictionary, the adjective says of great significance. The noun for the 19 or being the prime number, the most flourishing stage, prime number. The verb of prime number, to prepare or make ready for a purpose, speaks of transition. We've all seen the butterfly. And some of us at times have felt like a grub clinging on there at the end. But I thought of that song, God makes something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. Isn't that right? We might look like a grub in the beginning, but we go through a transition and God sees us as a beautiful butterfly at the end because he sees us through a different lens. He looks at us and he says, you're my children. You're a new creation. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. You're wearing a, 
a robe of righteousness, a garment of praise. That's how Jesus sees us. Isn't that good? So I think that's significant that this year, if we look at that 2019, we look at the number 19 there and we can think, okay, this year can be a flourishing stage for us. This year can be a transition stage for us. And I know for me, even looking at transition this year, I'm like, oh man, I feel a bit overwhelmed first because they asked me to be a chaplain in the high school at Tolua. Hey, go to Tolua. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I love it. And I've only been there two days and everyone's friendly and I haven't fallen over. So I've enjoyed it. It's great. But it's a transition. In many ways, there might be things in our own lives that are transition this year. But we need to trust God. And, and even tying in with, you know, we went on a prayer retreat, all us chappies, like Sandy and Naomi, and they were talking there about the God of the gap between the promise and the fulfilment. And exactly the same word that Ben Natoko shared last Sunday night. So it made me think about that too, because sometimes when God repeats things, he's trying to get our attention. When he's saying it, it's important more than once. And it happened to me when I was preparing the message. I, I was reading up a bit of this research and um, a certain verse of scripture came up and then I walked past a telly and the John Gray world was on. So we got the Day Star and watched the Christian channel. And, and he's there preaching and he said the exact same verse I'd just been reading about an hour earlier. And I thought, hang on a minute, he's getting my attention. But God does that sometimes with us, doesn't he? So we've got to learn to look for those and stop and say, okay, God, what are you saying? Rather than just brush it off, just look a bit deeper, start to dig a bit. And while we're on this prayer retreat, the fellow who was talking, he said, go away and come and ask God, what promise do you want to speak to me about? Like, in other words, there's a lot of promises in the Bible. And he was saying, just go away on your own and find a promise that you believe God's speaking to you about this year. And I'm like, okay. So I was sitting there in my chair. I couldn't think of anything, nothing. I walked outside, look at the stars, and uh, nothing. Um, and everyone went to supper. I'm like, oh, I'm going to press in and get something. Hey, I'm not going to give up. So I went down to the beach and sat there for two hours. It was a full moon and it was shining on the water. It was just, oh, this is awesome. But it took me that long, but I got something. And I went back and it was a verse that I'm going to share a little bit later. But sometimes um, we need to wrestle, hey, with God. Jacob wrestled and sometimes wrestling is a bit painful, but we need to wrestle and press in and find something, grab hold of what thing God wants to show us. Because we can't get it sometimes if we're listening to just the wrong channels and getting distracted, hey? All right, next slide. So this one might be very relevant to Naomi because, you know, 19, symbolic of Eve. And you're looking about nine months, okay, we're 2019, the nine on the end of that 2019. It's nine months of that phase of pregnancy before the baby's born. So it's significant. God of the gap, we looked about that just then. Because you know there's a baby coming, but it's still in there, isn't it? But it's manifested fully when, it's, when we get to see it, when it comes out nine months later. Here we go, stay focused, don't get distracted. See, many things in life can distract us, hey? It could be pleasure, it could be sport, it could be whatever. They might be all good things, and they're all good things for humans to do. We enjoy them, hey? It's part of the enjoyment on this earth. But if we spend all our time doing those things, sometimes we might not get to do what God's calling us to do as his plan and purpose for our life. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example for myself. Now, this is an example where I was spending too much time watching football. Now, that doesn't happen, Joey said. 
But she's always reminding me that because I love NRL and I go for Parramatta Eels now, I know it's sad because I've got a wooden spoon a few times, but I was at home in Noosa once just watching the footy like I always did on a Friday night. And I felt God challenge me and say, look, how do you want to spend your time? Do you want to just watch football every Friday night? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm unwinding, I'm relaxing. I've worked hard all week. But God said, no, nah, it's, time, it's time to get back out on the street again and do something ministry-wise. And I had been doing a bit of a street van. We borrowed one from Brisbane. It was like a drug arm van. And we used to go out on the streets around the parks and pick up drunk people. And I used to love it. But that sort of program finished and God challenged me to do this again. So I went to the pastor and I said, this is what I think God's saying. And we applied to the council. We ended up getting funding. They gave us about 20, 30 grand every year to keep the program going. We bought a bus. We did that for another three or four years on the streets. And um, I loved it. And it's one thing I missed when I left Noosa because I'd worked in the high school there as a chaplain for about four and a half years. So I got to know a lot of the kids and I'd see them on the streets again in the park sometimes. One particular kid, the good story had come out of this, he was, um, he was always running around the high school with a footy in his hand and, and he'd be like, hey, chappy, bro. And he's, oh, yeah, how you going? But he was from poor family. His brother, he had a brother and he had a single mum. And um, I'd see him in the school each day and I'm like, oh, I've got to help these kids out. And I'm like, okay. So I went to the church op shop and that and I asked them for a bit of sponsorship they gave me some money to go and buy them a brand new set of footy boots. So I'm like, oh, cool, I'll go and do it. So I went and approached him. I said, come play in my touch footy team. I'll get you a bit involved. And so I got him this set of footy boots and he come play, start playing touch footy with us. And then, in, you know, a bit after that, he started going along to the rugby league club next door and started playing a bit of that. Anyway, get to the end of the story. This fella, I was looking on a Facebook about a year or two back and I'm like... Who is this? Everyone's congratulating him. Some of my teachers that I knew at the school. And I'm like, who is that student? I couldn't, because they grew up so quick. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's who he is. So yeah, add him as a friend and he adds me as a friend and we start chatting again, catch up. The kid I bought the footy boots on, on Facebook. And um, last year he played for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs as a fullback, Moses Emboy. This year he's playing for the, the uh, West City Tigers. He's in their team. And he's a multi-million dollar contracts now in his rugby league. But that's when I first saw him was there in the high school. And it made me think, we never know, I guess, who we're impacting at the time. You don't think much of it. You never know who you're impacting in our daily life. In our daily life hey? like, it could be someone who's destined to greatness that we just need to encourage so they don't fall off. And this same young fellow, I picked him up in the park. But I won't tell you things. But I picked him up in the park and dropped him home and stuff. And the parents used to appreciate it because we're looking out for him. But God wants to use us as his hands and feet on this planet and to look for opportunities every day to help someone. And it's not that hard because, you know, we just have to be loving and kind eh, to someone. And every time I go back to Noosa, they... People come into the church there and they tell me stories about street reach, things I never even knew happened. Another night there was a girl sitting there in an amenities block and she was about to harm herself and um, she said that she heard me, us playing a guitar. We had a group and I had my guitar singing the song outside the toilet block. I don't know why, but we were there. She heard it and she decided not. It made her joyful and she changed her mind. She put it, that away and she came out and her friend 
said to another one at the church that that night that the music there had saved her life. That's what she believed. We never know, and I didn't even know about it till years later. We don't really know. We just got to be diligent in doing what God's told us to do. We don't know what's going to lead or what impact's going to have. So, like, my point, I guess, with this is that a lot of these things could be good things, the distractions, and the enemy can sometimes use good things to distract us. It may not be a blatant sin, but it may just be that we're spending way too much time on something that's not furthering the kingdom. We have to be very careful in that, that we're not wasting, because life's so short, it goes so quick. We don't want to exalt anything above God or make anything into an obsession that takes up all that time. Because I mean, I'm dealing with kids now, I guess, that have gaming addiction in schools, and it's a real problem now. And it's an enemy's ploy, I guess, to distract people and to take them away for fulfilling their destiny. Some of them can't do anything else except play games. That's all they can do. So they need help to get through that. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, then he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So I guess if we look at our life as like, we're, we're all elite SWAT team soldiers, hey? Because I'm, as a kid, I used to think, oh, is it really cool to be a Christian? Like, I turn up to the ISCF group in school and there's about five of us out of a thousand in school. I'm like, oh. But, you know, I believe God's challenging us that being part of God's army is like being an elite SWAT team. It's not something to be sneered at. It's a privilege. And we're all got to commit and say, God, yep, yeah, I'll put my hand up to do this thing. So let's look at the next one. Hebrew, symbol for nine is tet. Oh, sorry, go back to that last one. Those symbols there. So when we look at the symbol for nine in the Hebrew tet, on the, on the left there you've got evil looks a bit like a snake and on the right you've got the good where the man is bowing down to God as the king. So it's like a, a double-edged coin when you look at the meaning of nine in the Hebrew. So look at Luke 9, verse 23. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's the good one there, bowing to the king. We looked at that September 11 changeover date, the Jewish year before. So I believe God's here putting it out that's like, this is a challenge. What are you going to choose? You're going to choose the left or the right? Are we going to choose life or death? And you know, the Bible talks about as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make a choice, draw a line in the sand and say, no, we don't want to serve the devil. We don't even have half a foot in his camp. We want to be sold out and, and following God. So I guess like the Hebrew calendar moves in like decades, not just like us. We go, we'd move in decades too. But the last decade of the Hebrew one, was like the, the decade of the seer or the prophet who can see what God's doing. The next decade, which is about to click in in the Hebrew decades, is about the spoken and about the word, and it's about declaring. So there's going to come a time where God is wanting us to, like Elijah did, is to stand and declare and call down fire from heaven and to be an active engager in spiritual warfare. And like we have, we have songs that we sing here in church about speak life and we sing it, we're going to be doing that in this next season. I think we can still do it now, but I think there's going to become a greater potency because we're, we're in a season of the Hebrew calendar where it's all about the mouth and speaking and declaring and calling God's kingdom 
down onto this earth and praying it, praying that kingdom down to earth. So let's go on to the next slide. We've just been talking about that now. Um, I wrote up there about Jeff Frost because a couple of weeks ago I had a word about positioning yourself and um, I was like, oh, that's so cool. It just hit me in the spirit. It was like, this is true, man. This is good. And I was thinking about that as preparing. I had this picture there of a roller coaster. Um, you know, I love going to Dreamworld. And who, who's go, who loves roller coasters? Anyone? All right, they're pretty cool, eh? But imagine you love that roller coaster. It's your favourite ride, and you're riding it for like 10 years going around, and this is cool. And the guy operator says, all right, everyone get off. We're going to change the ride. And you're like, oh, no, man, this is my favourite ride. Um, we can either complain on the edge of the thing or we can jump in the front row of the next ride and say, God, whatever you're doing in the next season, I'm in. I might not know what it's going to do. I don't know what twists and turns it's got, but I'm going to strap myself in and I'm going to have faith and trust you. We're going on a ride. Who wants to go on a ride with God? It's exciting. It's exciting. All right, the next one. Eve, it's scary. Sometimes it is. Another thing when I was thinking about Eve in the Bible, she was a helpmate of Adam, is that right? Because God made Eve to accompany Adam and to help him. So I thought about the same thing with us. The Holy Spirit is there as our companion, as our helpmate. I believe this is a season where we partner with the Holy Spirit, that we listen to him, that we hear his voice, sometimes a whisper, and we talked about before, looking for repetition Songs, symbols, scriptures, whatever it is. And we hear what he's saying. I know for me, I'm tuned into songs and sometimes I'll wake up in the night or wake up morning and I'm singing a song. I think, where did that come from? And this is how I know God loves Striper because I'm from an 80s rock. Anyone heard of Striper? Because I woke up and, and God was singing me a Striper song. I'm like, this is cool. And he was saying, we've got to take this message back to the street. Actually, that's Petra. But there was a Striper one in there too. And so I started to write down some of the songs that he was singing over me. Striper, got to be strong, keep the fire burning. That was the song I woke up one night singing. And I hadn't listened to that song for about 20 years. I didn't even have it on my phone as a song. And I'm like, oh, I've got to download this now. So it's on there now and I'm listening to it. But it's like God wants to speak to us however we're tuned in. Some of us are tuned in to... Um, Words, some of us numbers, some of us songs, dance, whatever. But he knows how to reach us. We just got to listen and say, God, speak to me. In that way that you speak to me uniquely, I want to hear your voice. He talks to us through scriptures, you know, through the Bible, through other people. Other Christians might come up and encourage you. And that's God speaking and encouraging that day. So just look out for that. Our next slide. It's got a bunch of grapes there. Number nine in Hebrew talks about fruitfulness. And this is where um, the verse that God showed me on the beach the other night when I was sitting there. I was just asking him and asking me, and he was reminding me, what have I been showing you the last few weeks? What have I been showing you? And he showed me one verse before this verse. And um, he showed me that you're like, he was walking along one day, Jesus, right? And he cursed the fig tree. And you think, why the heck did Jesus curse the fig tree? But, you know, that fig tree was designed to produce fruit and it wasn't producing fruit and feeding Jesus when he needed it at the time he walked past. 
I believe that God's saying to all of us that there's things in our life we need to curse or cut off that are preventing us from producing fruit. He's not saying it condemning as in, oh, I'm going to cut you guys off. He's saying it as things in our life that we need to cut off. And this verse, John 15, verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So that's what I feel this season of fruitfulness. We may feel a little bit of pain at first and we think, what? Didn't you say it's a season of fruitfulness, God? Yeah, well, hang on a minute. God's pruning us so that that fruit's going to come back bigger and better than it ever did before in our lives. And we're going to go on to bigger and better things we've ever seen God do in our lives. And that takes a time for us to stand up and to rise up and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to grab this fruit. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to run with God. and I'm not going to be ashamed or bow down anymore. Isn't that exciting? We can produce fruit this year in our lives and allow God to prune us. And sometimes pruning might hurt initially. There might be a bit of pain. But it's only because he's doing it out of love, because he loves us. It's the same in Scripture. It says God disciplines those he loves. Because we're sons and daughters, he wants us to improve. Good stuff. So on to the next slide. Pruning, a season to leave behind some toxic elements in our life that we don't actually need for the next season. There's things we need to let go of that are no benefit to us at all. It's no coincidence that there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about nine tonight. We all um, have heard them probably before, but love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, these are things God wants us to produce in our lives. And we can look at each of those and go, okay, God, how am I going in joy? Am I, am I smiling at people and saying g'day or am I a bit grumpy and moody when I wake up in the morning. I know I'm grumpy sometimes too. Sometimes Joey wakes up grumpy and sometimes she lets me sleep. But I'm not a morning person, but I'm getting there. I'm trying to, trying to be nice in the morning and smile. But I come alive. I'm more alive sort of now. This is my time. I'm a nocturnal little animal. That's a goat. All right. But I like being an animal that gets out at night and... Helps people on the streets, a bit like a possum. So let's go, possums. So nine fruits of the Spirit. It's pretty cool, isn't it? So another thing. Acts 3.1. Now Peter and John went up to the temple, the hour of prayer. Guess what hour it was? It was the ninth hour. So nine's pretty significant in the Bible, isn't it? I didn't think it was in there much at all until I started putting the message. I was thought number seven was in the Bible because I'm like, oh, it's God's number. That's perfect, hey. But I'm like, I didn't know how often 19 and 9 was in there. But believe that we can look at these things and we can get something out of it for what God's saying this year because it isn't a coincidence that we're in 2019. It's not a coincidence that we're in the Hebrew 5779. It's not a coincidence that they both end in nine or that everything we talked about tonight's nine. So God's saying something in nine about fruitfulness, about us being surrendered to him. He's saying all these things for our benefit. And it's the time of the year, at the start of the year, to say, God, okay, let me seek you and find what you want to do. And not my will, but your will be done, God. So I guess um, tonight, if, yeah, if, if some people... Um, Wanted to come forward at the end when the, when the um, music starts playing again.
then feel welcome to come forward and to, and to say, God, you know, you've spoken to me through tonight's message. Um, I, there's some things that I know I need to make decisions about and cut off. And we can just pray and we can just declare that over your life. If you want, yeah, individual prayer. But I just want to close and pray for all of us just now. God, I thank you tonight and for the significance of what you're showing us through the Bible. I thank you that it's exciting, but it's also challenging and stirring and that there may be times where we feel like there's a bit of pain. But Lord, we know ultimately you desire the best for our lives. You have a plan and a purpose for our life, God. And the plan is to prosper us and keep us free from harm, to give us a hope and a future. Tonight, I pray, God, that as you prune our lives, that fruitfulness will abound in our lives this year. That, God, we will produce much fruit in our lives this year. That, Lord, other people will be able to eat of that fruit and be blessed. That there'll be people that see that fruit in our life. There are people that see that joy in our life and they go, where does this come from? And they might ask us and we can say, you know what? Jesus, you made me glad. The joy that you gave me, Lord Jesus, the world can't give it and the world can't take it away. I thank you, Lord, for surrender this year, that we may surrender afresh to you and not do our own will, not be distracted, Lord, this year by things that may seem good, by things that may entertain us. But God, we would spend time choosing to say, God, what do you want me to do in this community? What do you want me to do in my family? What do you want me to do in my school? What do you want me to do in my workplace this year, God? Thank you that you'll be challenging us, God to put a hand up and say, yes, I'll go. I'll be obedient to the call of God in my life. I don't, want to live like, I don't want to live like the snake picture. I want to live like the good picture. We're bowing in submission to Jesus Christ and His will in my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, tonight for challenging us in this new year. Thank you for what you're going to do in the transitions that we would not fear, but we would look to you. And God, that if we see a mess on the road ahead of our life, that we would not get entangled in that mess, but we look to the answer. We would see Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, the finisher, the answer, the one that we look to and find help comes from. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Wonderful God. So just as we sing this last song, we invite you to stand and anyone